we are, folks. Welcome to another edition of episode 31. So this is episode 31, part 2, or B, or Dwa, Dos, whatever you're into. Now, if you're listening to this one before you listen to the first one, you might get some spoilers, you might be out of whack. We try to go from left to right, but whatever you're into, maybe you want to surprise yourself and then later, you know, do like a back to the future and go back to the others and kind of see where we got to, you know, who knows? Just make sure that if you go back in time, you don't see yourself because then, you know, things will just be all messed up in the future. Biff Tannen, you know how it goes. Like I said, you are listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. Things have not changed. I am still AJ, your host here each and every week. We had so much fun. We had to make two parts of this one with Mr. Kevin Simo, Fairfolk, Boston, Massachusetts, Trillium, right here at 16-ounce canvas. We are having a great time. A little reggae Friday for you. Keeping with the vibe over there at Fairfolk. Love getting turned on to new music. We'll get some of Kevin's favorites later on, but so far during our part one and part two, we got a little sticky fingers in the background. We heard the clash, future islands. So goodies, goodies galore. But regardless, 16 ounce canvas, art of craft beer podcast. We thank you for joining us. Instagram, 16OZ canvas, 16OZ canvas.com, Facebook, Twitter. I'm AJ. Things don't change. We're each and every week. This is the halfway point of our third 12-pack. We are working on the final touches for the announcement of our fourth 12-pack. That should get us straight through to the end of the year 2017. It is beyond exciting and more than humbling to be able to do this, do something we love, share it with you. Hopefully, as we say, when you're holding that beer in your hand, that bottle, you just take an extra little second. You give it a little glaze. You look it over. You check it out. And you realize there's a lot of hard work that went into that. If you're listening to this episode, you're learning about the process between Kevin and JC and how it came to be, you realize that a lot, a lot of work goes not only into the making of the beer, the aging of the beer, but the design, the back and forth, the style, it's not just about creating one label, it's about creating a whole vibe, a whole series. You know, we have Little Birds, we have Barrel Age, we've got the collaborations, we've got the streets, all sorts of goodies for you. All in those beautiful 16-ounce containers bring you some of the best beer in the world and a shitload of it when you get up there. So, again... We thank you for joining us. Don't be a stranger. Get in touch. And we'll see you in a few minutes. So let's get into it. Part 2. Part B. Episode 31. Kevin Simo. 16 ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Enjoy. Now, where did the idea come with, with utilizing the streets and kind of having that um, the, the map? style to to the labels well you you must have been a little excited yeah we you must have been excited with the expansion to have a few more streets to utilize now yeah definitely definitely um we we wanted something we we love the four point such a great neighborhood such a great community um and we wanted something that paid homage to that and whether you know we knew that Charlie would have to move outside of a four point eventually potentially um or at least expand out there but we wanted to make sure that the that route the roots of uh, the four point neighborhood were were strong um so we came up with this idea of doing a street series and that's what you talked about before your favorite is well actually was it congress or melcher i think you said congress yeah congress is my fa- is my favorite yeah which is the original street before we even had a street series. So that one has a little bit different uh, vibe to the label. Um, that was one of the original four beers that we illustrated. Um, but yeah, we wanted to create a series um, that that definitely paid tribute to the neighborhood. Um, and we're trying to figure out, we, we have 
we had the idea of just naming them after all different streets, but we were trying to figure out the best way to, um, to show that. And we're throwing around ideas, maybe using street signs and um, maybe just different iconic little elements um, from things that you'd find on each street, like little hidden gems, um, like the, the secret stairs is one of those things that you can find in that neighborhood. So that was an example of something that we could have done for say a street or summer street. Cause that uh, the secret stairs connects a, a and summer street. Um, but we really wanted to have this one feel different than the rest and feel super cohesive um, across the board. So um, looking at, uh, I was tossing around this idea of, you know, using a map of the four point and then thinking about maps and thinking about the history of Boston, history of that neighborhood, and just that 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 older aesthetic that we wanted to try and create. Um, I was looking at historical maps and these hand-drawn maps from like the 1700s and 1600s. So um, finding a few of those and that that like sort of hand-drawn aesthetic, um, that's what drove me to creating that style um, for for the street series. And actually, that that it's one big illustration that I just rotate and crop to make that one street line up perfectly with like the line um, that divides like the name, the first and second name, like whether it's like Farnsworth street or, you know, summer street, it lines up right in the middle of those two. Well, that's a good little, little fun fact. And if you go to, if you go to fairfolk.com, there's a, a beautiful photograph in the Trillium section of the, of the four point, I mean, I think that you know the story behind it is great, but the you the the focus of the of the image is on the on the bottle, but then in the background you you see the the lights that are utilized, and it. it's it's really well done. I mean, it, it's a beautiful photograph, and I think it really represents kind of capturing that, and just to see that kind of in in real life is nice. I know that when I visited, I'm now more cognizant of things in the area of Trillium, and I'm trying to see where the inspiration has come from, especially with the streets and, and things of that nature. So I, I definitely, I definitely appreciate all the, the little, literal fine details that go into that. It's, it's very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually looking at this, uh, um, the old bottles, um, one thing that we wanted to come across was that like that rustic feel, that craft texture, um, but that process of bottling that I was talking about before where like on the line, we'll be bottling these things and applying a label as they're wet, but the paper that I wanted to use just like it wouldn't work uh, in that process. So I actually took a scan of like the perfect texture of paper that I wanted to use and colored it the way I wanted to color it. Um, and just, it's a photograph uh, basically that's in the background of all the, the original bottles. So like, I'm sure when people picked it up for the first time, they were kind of like, Oh, this feels different. And probably just assumed that it was like a laminate or something over that textured paper, but it's just kind of, um, almost, I don't know what material it is like vinylish material. That's just got the paper texture printed on it. So some problem solving there, you know, you always come across things like that. Uh, when designing, you have an idea for an aesthetic that you want to create, but there are limitations that don't allow you to do it. So you got to figure out some other way. Yeah. And I, I think that, and again, I, a lot of times, one of the area I really like about it is the empty space. I know that's, you know, that's, especially even on the, on the, the bird series and stuff, it's just, there's a lot of real estate that could be utilized and it's not. And so I think it really, I think it's a smart choice yeah. and, I, and I think it, yeah, I think a lot of times things can be too busy. I think that it really kind yeah. of gives a calming effect uh, to the, the images. Nice. Yeah, so that's interesting. So a couple of things, like now you see that a lot. Um, it's just like I, I actually really, really, really love the design that's out there now. I get jealous all the time whenever I go into um, – it's actually a great store. My office in South Boston is a great store up the street called American Provisions – it's just like a really great sandwich shop, but they have all kinds of other, it's almost like they, they curate the store based on design and packaging alone, but they've got a really great um, beer selection. They've got all kinds of other products too, but 
their beer selection is really well curated. And every time I go in there for lunch, I'm just like staring at things like, ah, man, I wish I did that. I wish I came up with that. But um, I really love like, just like designs that are completely covering the label, um, which is the opposite of this. I, I definitely appreciate the ones that like, just are completely the opposite of that, like the small bird series. Uh, leaving a lot of empty space, under-designing things, just keeping things super, super simple. Uh, the Small Bird series, another series that I didn't touch upon before. Um, we had started uh, like just with these on draft. I think it was, what was it? Uh, Itty Bitty Goose might have been the first one. Um, but, oh no, it was Little Rooster. Actually, that's a great story, if you have a minute. Um, so we originally, so the street series was um, the first real series that we created. And the second one was supposed to be the Boston Harbor Island series. Again, paying tribute to Boston Harbor Island. Um, but due to a typo, um, <laughs> it, it completely changed that series. And I, I'm so glad for it because it just allowed us to add a little bit of humor and have some fun with, um, with this stuff. So one of the islands, uh, that we were, we were doing was called little Brewster and, uh, it kept correcting little Brewster to little rooster. And eventually someone that didn't know that it was supposed to be a little Brewster added it to the brew list as a little rooster. And I think Esther had said like, what are you talking about? Little rooster. We call it, we might as well like call this thing tiny cock or whatever. It's just like <laughs> total, yeah, total, um, yeah, there's some swearing for you. I've been pretty clean up. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I that's, get some yeah, more in there. yeah, that's the, I, I don't even know if it's a swear. Yeah, technically it's not, because especially, in the, not. Especially, especially in this regard, it's literally the bird. It's like, it's like when you were a kid and you looked up words in the dictionary, you're like, ass, you're like, yeah. oh no, mom, it's a donkey. It says it right here, you know, yeah. that, that type of stuff. Technically I'm not swearing. Yeah, right. So. Um, but yeah, so. We all had a good laugh about that, and then we said, "Yeah, screw it. Like, let's just do what, what can we call it? It's like, let's just make this like a small bird series." So we came up with Stumpy Duck and Itty Bitty Goose and Tiny Tiny Chicken. So it was just the start, and everybody was just having fun with it. So we had to go with it. So those were on draft for a while, and um, I was kind of marinating over it over here, like trying to figure out what we could do with the label and. Um, I knew we wanted to illustrate these things, but uh, I thought it would be, I think Sam and I uh, here were just saying how awesome it would be if we just went way over the top. And with the small bird series, just made these the most small illustrations and, and, um, and names and all that. Uh, we actually had, believe it or not, we wanted this to be half the size that it is now. So like, you look at the can and you can barely, barely, barely make out what it's, what it even says it's that small. That's why we actually run um, the name of the beer, the description and the ABV and uh, ounces up the side of the can. Cause we were hoping that it would just be so, so small that you couldn't even read it. You had to turn to the side and see what it actually was. But um, after much debate, we almost went down that path, but after much debate, we decided we should just scale it up a bit. So, that's that's a little bit of a story, but yeah. Then uh, recently, well, right? And then recently to, to flip it, you had the the big bird, right? The huge mass, like exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I like that because I had fun with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I it just you can tell in your voice, you know, you're definitely having fun with it, and it's you know to have that level of kind of collaboration and creativity, not just you know the, the beer collaborations, but you can tell it's a it's a it's a natural process, and you know there's, there's the laughs are are, are are plenty over there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it's, even though the label art is super clean and simple, like we're able to like get some humor in the names and like have some fun with it by shrinking the stuff down, but it still feels really sophisticated and clean, you know? So we want to keep pushing that. I think, um, we've definitely, I don't know if it's come across that we've taken ourselves kind of seriously, but we're, we're loving what's going on with, with this series and with the collaborations I think we, we, we just, it's beer is fun. So we want to keep pushing it in that fun direction, but visually maintaining that sophisticated aesthetic, you know, 
Um, that actually reminds me, like, when I, when we were first doing this, a couple of years before Trillium actually opened doors, I remember reading Beer Advocate. And at the time, you know, um, beer design wasn't great. It wasn't up to par. And there were a lot of craft breweries just starting out. And they don't – when you start out, you don't have money to – invest in design and invest in you know people that can create a really good aesthetic so i think some of the breweries were just like yeah i know like i know whatever it is paint or i know a little bit about photoshop so they're creating yeah they're creating their own labels or just like not doing great things and beer advocate wrote an article or just like using photos of like just really really like immature um visuals um, and, uh, beer advocates said something, they wrote a whole article. It was like, guys, we got to step it up. You know, we need to like take ourselves seriously, really like look at one, all these other industries and, and elevate the design. Cause there's a lot of crap out there. And I was like, yeah, I was in the middle of like doing this stuff. And I just created this aesthetic. I'm like, they're going to like this. I'm sure. Like, I think they're talking to like, I'm on board with you guys. Let's, let's make this movement happen. And like I was talking about American provisions, um, just one example of like you go into any liquor store now and there's so much amazing art out there. It's, it's really fun to see how much it's changed in just like four or five years. Yeah, I agree. And that's the focus here. Obviously we've been spoiled with some great breweries in terms of the, what's inside the can, but we've like, we've, we've tried to stick with being beer agnostic. So we hope the beer is great, but that's not, we're being driven to the art. And I think that that needs to be celebrated. Uh, and I, that's what we're trying to really do here. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Awesome. Now from a, a project management standpoint, or just kind of, uh, you know, multi, uh, managing different projects, what's the, the typical timeline from, you know, when they come up with a new beer idea or when something's coming out to, you have to have a label to, to be ready to go. Um, yeah, so that's all over the place. Um, we try, we try to get out ahead of it as far as we can. Um, but things happen. Like actually the hardest part about making beer, I think is coming up with a name that you like, and that is not taken. Like I seriously am concerned about like how there's going to be enough names to go around with all the breweries that are out there in the world right now. Like every time we come up with something that we, we like, go on beer advocate and check it out. And they're like, Nope, that one's taken. Or there are like three or four that are in the same world. So that's the hardest thing that takes the most amount of time out of the entire process of with the exception of aging. Um, that's the hardest thing. Once we have a name that is available and that we love and that relates to us, um, then we start the process of like coming up with visuals. And I usually like to take a couple of weeks at that because it, it's not like a couple of weeks spent a hundred percent on this. Like we've got a lot of other projects with Trillium going on, a lot of other clients, um, but it takes a while for it. You want to just like start looking and let things marinate in the back of your head and come back to it and see how it looks and see if those visuals still resonate with you. Um, so that part of the process, I usually try to give it two weeks. And then, um, you know, that's when I, I've really landed upon something that I'm happy with. Um, and I'll take to, to the team and say, Hey, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of these options? Um, and from that point, it's usually some back and forth, um, conflicting opinions on which they like, um, takes a couple days there. And then once we come to a solution, it usually takes me another few days to illustrate um, and finish laying out. Um, so on a rush job, this can be done in probably about, if you really focus on that, like one week's time. It takes me about 16 hours, I'd say, like just dedicated hours to helping with the name actually it's mostly mostly just like the label once the label uh once the name is done it's like 16 hours or so to just like researching imagery taking photography designing the label i'll design it with uh, with the photos um in place first then i'll illustrate based on those photos and then lay it all back in um takes me a few hours probably like 
two to three hours to like do the pen and ink drawing. And then it takes me probably about another three hours to just go back in and shade and color, which I just started. I've always done that on the computer in Photoshop, but I just recently got the iPad pro. And, um, that is like such a phenomenal tool. Um, it's, it's awesome. If anybody out there uh, hasn't tried it out and you want to dabble in that, I highly recommend it. I'm still getting used to it. I've only had it for about a week and I've shaded uh, a couple new labels with that. Um, and it's been fun. So yeah, it can be on the tightest timeline. It can be a week, two weeks. Um, a lot of times the process, we start talking about it and it's usually a couple months um, from beginning to end from when we first bring it up to when we, uh, have it packaged and ready to go. Um, we've got an amazing partner, um, in touch, uh, labels. They do all our labeling and, uh, it's not the timeline that they like to work on, but there's been times that we have really needed to scramble. And, um, like I just sent something, this wasn't as big of a rush, but I just sent something, label art that was teased out there by Trillium yesterday. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's that one I talked about, uh, Sam, my designer here on a scooter. Uh, we sent that to the printer yesterday at, I think noon, maybe. No, it was later than that. It was like four 30. And she emailed me back like two hours later. So I just printed it out and sending it down to you guys in the morning. So it's like insane turnaround. Um, I think they just, I don't think we needed to get done that fast, but they just like, they could. So they did. And there's been times where we've been in a super jam um, and they were able to help us out by turning things around one day, which is super abnormal, <laughs> but it's really nice to have that luxury when we need it. Yeah. And before you talked about with the, the new, la the, the labels previously that you kind of the photograph of that textured, how is the how is that for you going to the now the cans are have that all white very like super I don't I don't know there's probably a better way to describe it that that white is really just really pops I mean is there was that there, yeah that going leaving the texture was that hard for you to do or was that a choice that you you know uh, so yeah it's interesting um, we JC and Esther and I talked about like how to evolve the brand and even like long before we did move on to cans, we were talking about when and if we do go to cans, how that's going to work. Is this craft paper texture going to work? So we did a big exploration here at Fairfolk trying to figure out what the best route to go um, with evolving the cans. And I kind of knew, and I was really intrigued to see what would happen if we just did an all white label. Cause I think that I felt like that would be really different and help, help it stand out. And, uh, evolved the brand a little bit to a much cleaner look, but we, we, we showed a bunch of options. Uh, I really like, there's some cans out there that have like just a really, it's mostly just the um, stainless look or the aluminum look rather uh, with like a small label around the bottom or something. We were dabbling with things like that or using the craft look on there was kind of interesting. It like, didn't really fit, but there was something nice about that. Not really fitting. It was definitely different. Um, but I kind of had this feeling that that evolution that we were looking for with the brand, um, was going to come through and just going to this really clean white look. And as soon as I, I took that off, which I'd never really looked at the illustrations without that texture. As soon as I, you know, scanned the illustration and put it, uh, into the computer, I would always have it right on that texture. Like, so it's, it was really interesting for me to just take it off and look at it really fresh. And I loved it. Um, and I think, I think, um, all the reactions that we've gotten to, um, to the look from that has like been really positive and it's just helped us continue to look and feel pretty unique. Yeah, I agree. And I think in a way they stand out more, I think it allows you to see the intricacies a little more because you can see that where the design sits on top of it versus with the texture before the, the texture was part of the design. And so, especially with that fine yeah. uh, pen and ink, you know, the line work that you're doing there, it's really kind of intricate. So I think it allows you to really appreciate some of the details a little bit more. Yeah. I was actually afraid that wouldn't hold up as much. I was like, Oh, if we, if we lose this texture, people are going to see all the flaws and stuff in here. Um, but 
Yeah, looking at it that way, I was like, ah, all right, I guess they're a little cleaner than I thought. I guess they're all right. Yeah, yeah. So when you unclick that layer, right, you were like, oh, okay, here it goes. Here's the big, big reveal. Yep. See what exactly. happens. Excellent. Yeah. All right. It works. It works. Now, when you yeah. Cr- oh, something that yeah, something that you talked about earlier. Um, you know, I think you're just mentioning like aside from the beer, like the beer is great, but you like at 16 ounce can look like a look at things like from the art side of things. Um, uh, Beaver Town, they're over in the UK. We just did a collaboration with them. I think they're just outside of London. We did a collaboration that just they just released, um, I think, last week. And one thing that their designer, Nick Dwyer, awesome dude, uh, he's been great to collaborate with. Oh, that's another interesting thing to talk about. A lot of times, like, when doing a collaboration, we don't just, like, borrow their aesthetic or try to make it feel like a merging of the two. We'll um, try to, like, I'll, I'll always be in communication with the designers, which is, like, such a unique thing compared to everything else I've ever done in this career is just I'll hop on the phone or email them and just work together with them about one, the idea of this label. And then two, try to actually like have both of us contribute our own like artwork to it that we can then merge together. Um, which is, it's pretty fun. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I used to like in class or study or something like that, like, started drawing, hand it to a friend and he would draw something on it and add to it and draw, hand it back and keep going back and forth until we had this just like insane, uh, ridiculous and probably perverted drawing. <laughs> um, uh, it's kind of the same deal. Um, so we did it for the first time with Omnipolo um, with uh, Outside the Lines, which makes complete sense. Like just, it was that idea of like just drawing outside the lines. Like I had um, this illustration that I created and I handed it over to him and he just took it and ran with it. And literally like his artwork, um, I, the illustration I did was in my style, just that style, a picture frame. And he drew the sunset on a water and completely his, his aesthetic. Uh, this was Carl Grandin on Napolo. Um, and it just like crept out of that picture frame and just took over the, the canvas, you know, it took over the, the label and it was super cool. And so from that point on now, like whenever I've been doing a um, collaboration, when it makes sense, when we have enough time to do it, um, I'll try and get in touch with, or we're always in touch with the other designers, just sharing ideas. But like, if they have time, work with them to merge our artwork. So we did that with, um, with Beaver Town for the beer was called Beaver William. So working with Nick Dwyer, I, um, I illustrated up some stuff and uh, he, we kind of worked on a concept together. He gave me a rough idea of how he, he saw it looking. So I illustrated up my part and then he gave it over to him. He just kind of built off of it and it was super cool. Um, which is just like a fun, different way of working. But going back to what I was originally saying was um, doing what you're doing, treating this artwork like art. He's been working on collaborations with other breweries around the world. And actually in September, that's actually yeah this month right now he's uh putting on an art show in the brewery of he took like four different pieces of art from each artist from each brewery that they've done collaborations with and created an art show out of it so it's it's really awesome i think that's something that i would love to see more often i'd love to do it you know here at Fairfolk or at trillium i think it'd be super fun well Um, and it's totally totally what you guys are doing right here online you know yeah that's what that's our uh that's our 2018 dream goal is you know the art of craft beer uh fest is the idea where we would do a beer festival with the artist being the the focal point and then their art uh you you normally go to the booths and you fill up your beers and stuff but the artists would be celebrated and then the beers that would be served would be complimentary to the artist so if they worked on somebody you know that artist would you know that that brewery would be there obviously it's it's very conceptual right now but i'd love to hear that that's awesome and i what, love that yeah. yeah i'd love to see that in a, in a museum or something too well kevin um, kevin if you, sure yeah, if you want to collaborate my friend you definitely you'd be getting a call for that anyway so you're yeah. killed too but awesome. but just to step back to what you just said we always ask that's one of the questions we've been asking is what is it like when you collaborate 
And mm-hmm. I would say, obviously, we're going to talk to Carl in a few weeks. So really excited that he's agreed mm-hmm. to be part of this Bye. also. Yeah, he's a, you know, that's really, a, you know, the, the time zones are working out and stuff like that. But when he said he would do it, I was pretty, uh, pretty geeked. Uh, you guys were on the bucket list. So two and one, one twelve pack is always a good, good throwdown. But most of them have said that they would love to, but usually it's okay if we're doing it at Brewery A, then we do the art. And then if they do their version, they do the art. So looking at the outside the lines and the fact that you're cognizant of that or even open to that, I think is, that's pretty, I I think that's, again, that's a, it's another subtlety that I think is amazing. On my my side, I I don't have many that I can say have, have done that. So I think that's excellent. Yeah, everybody I've encountered has been really cool, really humble. Uh, I wasn't sure how people would react. Um, you know, people, designers, creatives can be pretty protective of their work, you know, understandably so. But everybody that we've collaborated with has been super awesome. They're like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. Like, who cares if it turns out to be a mess? Like, let's just have fun with it and see what happens. Um, and I think that is because, you know, it, like you said earlier, it's got, you know, a limited lifespan you know so if it does if it doesn't turn out great whatever but it's probably going to look pretty funky and people appreciate that um right like like if you tell yeah if you tell new balance like their their color for the next year's campaign should be this color (laughs) and that goes to shit like they're not going to be as flexible as if this can especially if it's like usually the collaborations to a limited run right so like you're definitely using that to your advantage to be experimental and i bet you probably learn, you know, there's probably other takeaways that aren't just, you know, subtly on the canvas that are really nice to see. But, you know, I had that beer. It was awesome. And it was a different label. You know, I, I do like to, especially with the collaborations, is the different use of color, you know, especially with what mm-hmm. you're doing. So I think, again, it's just yeah. it's just really smart little little idiosyncrasies that, you know, aren't don't go un- unappreciated. I think they're really smart, but they're not – It's there's cans aren't aggressive they they kind of stand on their own and there's a lot of i mean i like the fact that you you just going way back to when it started that there's a lot of smart choices for for scalability and still having that detail so i, I thank you for that all right everybody hope you're enjoying yourself here you're listening to this 16 ounce canvas the Art of Craft Beer Podcast, episode number 31, part two, featuring the one and only Kevin Simo, Fairfolk Trillium. We want to take a moment really quick, just a moment of silence. Rest in peace to paint, Microsoft Paint. Let's put the rest this year. All right. I know I've made many a shitty drawing with Microsoft Paint in my years, especially those early days with my gateway. But one of the things I love, and I know I keep saying that, but I, I, well, the reason we have two parts here is because it's really just good stuff, and, and Kevin and I both agree we probably could have talked for another hour or two, and we're going to you know, maybe do that in the future. There's a couple additional gems we want to get there out for you. But the collaboration piece, if you've listened to previous episodes, we asked that question a lot. Our hope was that folks would do things the way Kevin did. Our hope was that the idea of collaboration not only was done from a, a brewery perspective in terms of you know, different brewers getting together and trying different things together, but that the artists were collaborating. And we've got an overwhelming interest in it, but to hear that the way Kevin's doing it is the passing it back and forth. That's a, that's a first for us. And this is episode number 31. And that is one of my favorite parts of this whole thing. The work with Carl, you know, the, the back and forth, the work they're doing with, with Beavertown. It's just really exciting to share in that process and be willing to do that. And this is somebody who has his own agency especially, you know, in a more formal setting, you know, being tied to their work, you know, tied to the idea of them being creative. You know, your creativity is almost your collateral. And to have that mindset 
I think is really awesome, and I think it really resonates. I think it makes a better product. I think it makes the collaborations more exciting. If you look at the work with the ones with Prairie, you know, I definitely think the one with Omnipolio, they've done ones with Vale. We, you know, early on, we were uh, talking to him during this part, Landshark, who was just coming out, you know, Adult Human. There's all these just great, great different beers that they're doing. And so I think from from the, the the jump here, what we've been doing at the 16-ounce canvas, we've been looking for that moment. We've been looking for the collaboration from an art perspective. And so I think we found it. And the way that they're doing it here is kind of the, the foundation or the baseline for now, which we will look at how other collaborations are being done. And our hope, given the scale of their operation, is that this is something that can be happening more often. And so... Kevin is going to be the, the founding father of the beer label collaboration. And so we, we found it and we're really excited about that. So once again, you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. You can chase out via the Instagram one six O Z canvas, Twitter, Facebook, and one six O Z canvas.com. Remember, if you want to learn out more about Kevin and what they are doing, check out fair folk, Graham on Instagram or fairfolk.com. We have Trillium Brewing on Instagram and trilliumbrewing.com. More information there. And if you're looking to, and if you're looking to get in touch with me, as I said before, I'll probably continue to say it each week. I'm AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. So that's AJ at 16ouncecanvas.com. We thank you for listening each week. So we are in the home stretch here. One more segment for you in what is our first, another first here. We found one of the founding fathers of the beer label collaboration. And now it's only fitting that we have two parts to this great interview. So let's get right back into it. Here is the home stretch, the final segment right here, 16 ounce canvas, Kevin Simo. Well, one of our, our last questions was not going to be as stressful, I think is, in my my former life, uh, you know, I was a radio DJ, and so I wonder when you're creating, is there? Do you have a go-to style of music? Are you a kind of serenity now guy? Like, what's going on when you're when you're creating? Oh, all kinds of music. Uh, none in particular. It is Friday today, so it's always reggae Friday here at Sheriff Folk. Um, definitely love love reggae, love the chill music. Um, I like my, I, whenever people ask me what my favorite kind of music is, it's kind of a cop out answer, but I'm always like something I've never heard before. Like I love discovering new music. Um, I you know, just hearing something for the first time and like just getting that, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling that you don't get when you discover, uh, you, you don't get anywhere else when you discover like a music, a different band or a song that you've never heard before. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like, it blows your mind and it opens you up to this whole new band or genre or whatever. So, um, yeah, I love that. I love new music. And I think the same can be said for beers and breweries. I think that's actually like such a massive part of the beer culture right now and is the discovery, discovering new beers. It looks obvious online on Instagram. People love discovering new beers. And when you discover something like that, you kind of like, you feel the sense of pride and ownership. Like this is like, I have this connection to this brewery or this musician because I, I like, I feel like I discovered them myself, you know, um, whatever led you to that, you just take pride in that. So, um, that's the really fun thing about just bringing it back to, uh, beer, uh, about beer culture right now. It's just like that discovery aspect and the shareability and the community that's, that's building out there is, um, is super fun, super cool. Um, let's see. What's my favorite? Yeah, because that was right yeah that was the reason I got when I did. I tried radio. Uh, went to university. I did it for about ten years, and I tried to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I did the whole thing, and I and I loved it. And that's why that's another reason why I'm doing this yeah. is to be creating something. But when I got yep. to that point where it was, could be a job, it wasn't at that point in time because we're around the same age where podcast and you know all these other avenues were available it was like commercial and i had yeah. i had interviewed a major rock station it was like an overnight and it was basically like 
can you run this computer program? And I was like, Oh, like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, that's not creative to me. Yeah. So that, so that the radio, the, yeah, the radio is yeah, going for the most part. The radio bums me out right now, but what's right. always been a fantastic radio station up here is um, WERS. It's Emerson college's radio station and they don't do commercials. They don't play top 40. It's like, I keep it on that channel, and now at my age, I like listen to NPR too. It's crazy. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, that's, that's like all I listen to when I'm in the car. Um, <laughs> yeah, my kids are like, Dad, can we listen Spotify. to something else? My kids are like, can we listen to something yeah. else? <laughs> like they like know um, the characters on NPR, or like you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, my 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 21 year old self would be like, give the old smack in the back of the head, like, what are you doing? But like you were saying before, and I'm, I'm, I'm. Lo- this question is very self-serving because I, the reason you said about that discovery, is what I hope that I always get from this question. I mean, from a production standpoint, we'll lay those tracks. Like we'll definitely, because you said Reggae Friday, we'll lay a Reggae track underneath nice. one of the beds. But like that was to me, like I, I would do I, at my peak, I had four hours, and so when I would, and then we'd all go to the same bar afterwards, and people would be like, I never heard that band, or who are they, and it'd mm-hmm. be. It wouldn't be like okay, they have a thousand followers. It'd be like it could be a guy that I heard at an open mic, and he'd come in. And I'd have him be on the show. Like that's what I loved. Like the, the, the like you said, the discovery, or where you turn your head somewhere and you say, "Excuse me, uh, what you know? What is this? You know, can you tell me who this is?" Or you just shazam it. You don't even have to be social now. You don't, yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to talk to somebody. But yeah, I was yeah. I was in a, a bar. Yeah. yeah, I was in a bar in the Netherlands, and the and the the bartender was playing a playlist that I loved, and I was like, I'm like, what is this? And he said. Uh, give me your phone, and he he found he found himself on my Spotify, and he saved it, and now I listen mm-hmm. to that that mix, and it takes me back to that place. So, that's exactly that's yeah, awesome. that's exactly where. But so yeah, this is this is where I selfishly add uh, new music to my Spotify playlist, and then what we did with the the first twelve pack is we took all of the first twelve artists' songs that they said they listened to, and we made a Spotify playlist, and we do that for everyone now. We'll do that for every twelve artists. We'll have a kind of a mm-hmm. mix a shuffle and so you can kind of like get into their creative w- what's going on with that so so yeah i'm definitely curious what you're listening to yeah um so for reggae friday this new um reggae band i just found out about a couple of weeks ago is uh hails from australia they're called sticky fingers i don't know how old they are if they've been around for a while but they're pretty awesome so check them out sticky fingers uh, another weird thing is like, I have this, I've realized I have this strange, um, like connection with like when I'm illustrating something, my brain my, must be like super focused and pick up on everything around like in a weird subconscious way. But like, I'll tend to do my illustrations like late at night. That way I can like do it completely distract, undistracted. Like I'll just start illustrating at like nine o'clock at night and go until like midnight or one or something. Um, and a lot of times I'll either be listening to something or have something on in the background, like with the TV, like start watching this show grand design. It's uh, some British show about like really crazy architecture. It's pretty cool. Um, but I noticed that no matter how long it is after I do that label, whenever I look at that artwork, my brain will immediately remember what musician I was listening to or what show I had on in the background. I don't know. I'm curious to see if anybody else are, out there is like that, but I don't have a very good memory, but that's something that happens. Like I'll look at like what, a you know, like secret stairs and be like, Oh yeah, I was listening to um, the clash when I was like, you know, illustrating that. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. It's very strange. Yeah. It's like a weird part of the um, brain that like, re- it's like recording the, you know, the what's going on. I've, I've, if I look at pictures or I look at things like that or a song comes on, I, it like, especially like the first intro notes of it, when I'm realizing what it is, it kind of is like, a if it was a movie, it's like a little montage in my head. Like the, I'm like, Oh, okay. Or, you know, I definitely, that definitely happens to me. Cause I, my memory's not yeah. as good. Or it is good, just in a way nice. I can't like I couldn't call up a thing right now, but in my head it's going on. So if I have like a output, if I could find like a media output in my neck, I could probably just like load the visuals somewhere. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So for the last label I just illustrated two nights ago was um and I try to stick with one artist too throughout the whole I'll listen to an album or a couple albums. Um but I was listening to Future Islands while illustrating the mystery beer that will come out next <laughs> week. At least I think it's next week. 
Yeah, I, I saw. Uh, and who knows when it's going to be based on when this airs. Yeah, I was. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I saw the 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 motorbike. I was thinking of that Macklemore song we was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a downtown where you're talking about getting driving the scooter and stuff. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Kevin, oh, I man. thank you so much. One last question. I just thought of it. And if you, again, if you follow uh, Fair Folk on Instagram, there's um, this legendary, legendary hoodie. I want to kind of know a little more about this legendary <laughs> hoodie. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we made these hoodies uh, last year for like holiday gifts for clients and for ourselves. We just love we love like subtle branding on things um, and it's kind of hard to find sometimes. So actually these aren't super subtle branding. We wanted to just be like a really light screen and you notice a lot of trillion t-shirts are super subtle tone on tone type stuff. Um, but we made these as like for ourselves and for gifts for clients and our clients really like, <laughs> it came back to us like after wearing them a few times, like this is my favorite sweatshirt. I love it. And every time I'm out somewhere wearing this, somebody, like, I get stopped every time. Like, what is that? Is that a new brand? I've never heard of it. Um, so that was last winter. Uh, we did the same. We made, I basically ordered six hats. These like nice flat brim caps that you can also see on our Instagram. I ordered a bunch of the, or six of them just for ourselves and ordered um, just labels, like fabric um, embroidered labels. I ordered like a hundred of them because like that was the minimum quantity I could do. Maybe it was even 50 and I hand sewed it onto these <laughs> six hats just for like me and the guys I work with here. And again, like all our clients and just friends, people on the street, random people at Starbucks or whatever, just like, what is that? Is that a new brand? And like, Oh no, it's like our company. So we kept getting like asked about it to the point where like, maybe we should just turn this into like, We'll have a, like a fair folk supply and that's like our fashion line. So we kind of jokingly posted the other day with a picture of the hat and we said, Hey, we're taking pre-orders. If anybody wants one, let us know. And we got like 20 orders within 24 hours. Like, okay, we don't even have an e-commerce setup, a uh, site set up or anything like that. We have no plan to do that, but we're just like DM us or comment if you want one. Um, so we are taking orders for hats and sweatshirts now. We threw threw sweatshirts up there yesterday just to see, because like some people were DMing us like, "Hey, how about those sweatshirts that you guys have?" So that's that. So maybe in a couple of years we'd be like a fashion brand too. Nice. Know. All right. Well, I'll put my I'll throw I'll, I'll throw my name in. A good hoodie is yeah. Uh, so is, is, uh, we actually not um, lost. A, it does say on the post and on the inside of the hoodie that this this was our hoodie. We each wore it for a week. Um, and it has never been washed. Our pheromones are forever soaked into the fabric. Now it's yours. Enjoy. Um, we, uh, I wish it wasn't true. It is true. <laughs> totally true. We each wore them around the office for a while and we'll continue to do that. You gotta get the comfiness. That will be yeah. a fact. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta break it in for you. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like your, uh, crash test dummy version. You gotta make sure it's as comfortable. Yeah. A good, a good hood, hoodie is worth its weight in gold. I think you can't, you know, you, as I sit here in my, in my hoodie right now, um, life is good. Yeah. Well, well, you I, know, it's actually I, not true. We jokingly did oh, yeah. just like throw on, but I think we're going to have to make that be true. Just as like, you know, new brands need differentiators and I think this will be ours. So. I think that from now on, it will be a thing. We will wear each hat and each hoodie and whatever else you put out there. We'll make sure it's worn by one of us. Yeah, like it gets yeah. Do you know when shipped. you get yeah you get your clothes? It says uh, inspector, whatever. You should just have like a little sticker on the inside, like <laughs> worn worn by, worn by yeah worn yeah. by Kevin. What like, better yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. What better to inspect it than to wear it? You're yeah, gonna like, notice the, the facts, you know. Yeah, just like oh, like uh, and then like a little note like disregard the ketchup stain on the right pocket, like you know. Here you go. Here's like honestly, a, I think that's gonna be a selling point. It's like, oh, this, there's this blemish here from so and so. That this is used. This, this is somebody else. Yeah, if you notice, like yeah, make Thank it you, like. A, yeah, there we go. Yeah, just just make sure. I, I let me get one of those. I want one that's worn by like. I want the month one though. One that's worn like worn for a month by everybody. Like I want the you know the office smell right. in, in in it. Is this you placing an order right now? Yeah, I think so. We'll we'll do that. We'll we'll go <laughs> offline. All right, man. Well, we got this is this is awesome. I feel like you and I could have talked for three or four hours. So I, <laughs> I know, dude. 
can't believe it's 1230. Yeah, exactly. There's other ones where I'm like, come on, you can do it. Like I got it, you know? And so I, I appreciate you being a talker <laughs> and it was, it was natural and it was smooth. And so, um, I, I really appreciate it. I've got a lot to work with. So I appreciate it, Kevin. Nice, thanks, AJ. And next time, I'm, next time in the air, I'll, I'll reach out and we can have a, a cold winter person. And yeah, um, oh, that's something I didn't bring up is we're the only office in the in the world that has Fairfolk on tap. Nice. Part, part of the perks, I got paid in beer for like four years. So you have truly on tap at the office. It's actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah. So JC, when I was just doing this on the side, JC um, made me buy a kegerator so he could be. Paying me in beer. That's a good, yeah. Can, yeah, here, here, that's a good. He, he's a smart man, so I, I look forward to it. Thanks so much. I, right. I, I'm really, uh, yeah. It really means a lot, and I'm excited to get this out there. Yeah, me too, man. All right, Thank man. You. Turn up the tunes. Enjoy all Reggae right. Friday. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Later. see ya. And there we have it, folks. Kevin Simo. 16-ounce canvas, our first two-parter for you, chock full of goodness. What I love is you could see each point, you said, we, the interview probably could have, I think we tried to end it several times, and so I forgot to tell you this, oh, I forgot to mention that. Trillium on tap at the office, I mean, that's, that's all, yeah, that's just a casual, we have just forgot to mention, I have some, you know, only... Agency in the world has Trillium on tap. And so if you go to their Instagram page, you can see there's a couple photos there of just the the tap handle there, the nice little wooden Trillium handle in the office. Jealous as fuck. But it's great. Really had a great time speaking with Kevin. Learned all sorts of goodies. Really just learning about how it went from JC and Esther's, you know, wedding to where they are now, from the bottles to the cans the top to the bottom one of the other good takeaways which you know is uh we didn't talk about before you know little little brewster which is now little rooster the the key or the jump off point for the small bird series just think autocorrect help launch what i think is one of their, their coolest offerings things happen Things happen that aren't planned, and I think it's just really great, you know. And I also just, I learn a lot. You know, technology, terminology, how things are done, you know, perspective, and just really seeing behind the scenes and all the things that go into planning. You know, just how he spoke, you know, tone on tone, perspective, coloring, you know, texture, a lot of great stuff there. Really enjoyed it. Also take great joy in knowing that they have Reggae Friday, our episodes drop on Friday, so we try to put a fair amount of reggae. Right now, you're listening to this is probably one of my favorite songs on two levels. Obviously, if you're playing Name That Tune, I'd give you a second. All right. We can't go all day here, but Rasta Man Chant, right? Robert Nesta Marley, Bob Marley to some, Bob Marley and the Whalers to all, the man, the myth, the legend. But this is a version done by the Derek Trucks Band from their album Soul Serenade. It's actually the title track, Soul Serenade, Rasta Man, Chant, and I just love it. And we had some Sticky Fingers, we had Future Islands, we had The Clash, Lots, lots and lots of music. So we love that. We love going down the rabbit hole, finding new music, and we definitely... Have been enjoying what we've been listening to from Sticky Fingers and Future Island. So I want to thank you know Kevin for that. I want to thank everybody again once again over at Fairfolk. Big thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Trillium over at We Love What You're Doing. Keep it up. It's amazing. If you want to make us the first podcast in the world with their own Trillium beer on tap, I, I'm not opposed to that idea either. So just just let us know. We are still waiting for our Fairfolk sweatshirt to be broken in. The month is almost up, so we will report back on that. You'll notice the difference in, in future recordings that when the comfort level of this legendary Fairfolk sweatshirt is in place. But we just had a good time. Lots of goodies. 
you know, learn about the Cooks Illustrated, you know, when developing a brand, what goes into that, you know, style of the label, the first package that he did. Just, just goodies, goodies galore. So Kevin is a very interesting man. I wish him and his company nothing but the best. We thank everybody for tuning in here each and every week at the 16-ounce canvas. We are truly humbled. We're truly appreciative. We're having a great time, and the adventure is not going to stop. Kevin mentioned his interest. We have it on record of participating in the 16-ounce beer art of craft beer festival. We're going to make that happen, folks. So that's what our closing words are. We will make it happen. You will be there. We'll shake hands. We'll enjoy those little pieces of art just a little bit more. Like we tell you each week, when you're having that beer in your hand, whether it's at the bottle or a can, maybe a little 16-ounce can, hold it for a second or two longer. Look at it. Realize what into it. Realize the hard work of the brewery, of the brewers, marketing, advertising, distribution, production, operations, the artists and designers. A lot of hard work goes into there. And they do it for you. They do it for the love of their job. They do it for you. Obviously, commercialism is a beautiful thing. Capitalism, excuse me. But yeah, enjoy. Until next week, we thank you and you and you. So really, this one, since this episode is already you know, two hours long, we're going to let this one... I'm just gonna let this one go out. So, like I used to do in my good old days, was going through some old photos. Found my time when I was at 88.5 WVOF. So we do it a little like this. Until next week, you're listening to 88.5 WVOF, the voice of Fairfield, Derek Trucks Band, Rasta Man Chant, Soul Serenade.
if you're still listening at this point, I think I love you. <laughs>